0: Welcome to the Retirement Well-Crafted Podcast, where we focus on the challenges, strategies, and realities facing those near or in retirement. Join us as we discuss meaningful information and concepts that will empower you to define, plan, and execute the retirement that's right for you. Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Now, here's your host, Dave Sprague.
1: According to DemandSage.com, as of February 2023, there are over 5 million podcasts. Additionally, there are almost 80 million individual episodes. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome you to Retirement Well-Crafted, podcast number 5 million and one. I'm your host, Dave Sprague, and Retirement Well-Crafted is a podcast dedicated to topics specifically impacting those folks in or nearing retirement. Today we're going to cover three main areas. First, we'll talk about why another podcast, what motivated me to jump into the podcasting pool, and who might benefit from the topics we'll discuss. Secondly, we'll cover what you can expect from the upcoming episodes. And finally, we'll jump into the meat of things and we'll discuss the four main challenges to a successful retirement. So on to our first topic, why in the world would I come up with podcast number 5,000,001? Well, unless you've had your head buried in the sand over the last few years, you realize how much noise is out there. And the vast majority of that noise is nonsense. You have the social media, you have the 24-7 news cycle, you have a well-meaning or maybe not so well-meaning brother-in-law. And they're all tossing out ideas and concepts that don't make a whole lot of sense, but maybe garner clicks, headlines, headlines and that kind of thing. We, we deal with this all the time. We always have, to be fair. It's just the medium has changed over time. Remember back in the day with the talking hairdos, and they were, te- they were telling the stories that would sell the ad space. Well, unfortunately, if you listen to that nonsense at exactly the wrong time, it can have a significant impact on your future. And I'm telling you that because it's very fresh in my memory. I have some folks that came into my office not too long ago, They'd been working at the same company for 35 years. They had a pension, they had a really nice 401k built up, and they were on track to have a wonderful retirement. Well, a year and a half or so ago, they made a couple bad decisions based on what they were told or were led to believe in the social media, and it ended up biting them in the butt a little bit. What ended up happening is they ended up retiring, but a little bit less quality of life than what they had planned. And that's a shame, because a little bit of pre-planning could sure make a difference. Sometimes I equate this nonsense and this noise to going to dinner. You finally set up time with the spouse. You're going to go to a nice restaurant and you get sat right next to a three-year-old that's having an absolute meltdown. That kid is screaming his head off and the parents are looking at them and telling them they're going to count to three for, for the 21st time. And yet the kid keeps screaming. And boy, I tell you what, back in my day, If my parents would have counted to three, that meant we had a two-second head start. So uh, they're getting away with something nowadays. But back to the story. You're sitting there, the kid's wailing. You can't hear the music. You can't speak to your spouse. You're not even interested in the menu anymore. All you want is three quick whiskeys and the check, and you're out of there. So now you're out of the restaurant. You didn't accomplish your goals whatsoever. You're no better off after the time in the restaurant than before you walked into that restaurant. That's part of the problem with the noises out there, and I'm trying to help where I can to cut through that noise and speak pretty specifically to just this group, pre-retirees and retirees, and hopefully it makes some sense. Now, on the other end of that noise spectrum, we as the professionals in this industry need to take a little bit of the accountability as well, because we sure do a really good job of overcomplicating some concepts. And I don't know if it's because it makes us feel better about ourselves and some people, maybe it helps them charge more. I'm not sure. But I tell you, we can do you a better favor, or excuse me, a bigger favor by simplifying our concepts. I've been fortunate to be in this industry for a quarter of a century at this point, and And I've had the good fortune to work with some wonderful folks. Over that time period, I've worked with and coached with and learned from thousands of advisors across the country, wonderful economists, brilliant money managers, fabulous product manufacturers that build the products and strategies that we use every day, and they always encourage me to continue to learn and continue to grow. Well, recently I took them at their word and I reinvested some of my time in a three-month course or so, about three months that focused specifically on retirement income. Now, these folks looked at retirement income from every single angle. They looked at it from the scientific side of it. They looked at it from the mechanical side of it. They looked at it from the emotional side of it. I mean, they looked at this thing upside down and sideways. And it was brilliant. I enjoyed it. It was completely worth the time and the effort. But it dawned on me as I was watching one of these presentations that these folks that were teaching were super qualified to teach. The matter of fact, they were so qualified that they had more initials behind their name than they did letters in their name. And it dawned on me at that point that what we really need to be able to do is to distill this information and make it transferable to the folks out there that are facing these challenges. Sticking with my anal- earlier analogy, now we're not going to dinner, but uh, we're going to to have a cold beer. I was up in Fort Collins with my son a few weeks ago and we decided it was time to go out to a brewery and if you've been to Colorado, I guess it's kind of that way across the country anymore anyhow. You everybody loves their micro brews. It was a beautiful day. We pull up to this little brewery and uh, as you would find in Colorado on a beautiful day, you have to hopscotch through every breed of dog known to man just to get to the bar. I mean it's a brilliant brilliant mix of dogs you have the purebreds you have the mutts you have the rescues and it is fascinating to look at them and their owners and you do realize that very often there are some similarities both looks wise and personality wise uh, between dogs and their owners anyhow we get through them. then we have to dodge the 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 hacky sack balls which might be unique to colorado at this point and then the final obstacle get through are the folks that are playing cornhole. Now you have the professionals in the bowling shirts, and then you have the little kids that are using the beanbags as weapons. But once you get through there, you're rewarded with this bar. And behind the bar is the obligatory chalkboard. On the chalkboard is divided into different sections. And what you have up there is if you if you go in there and you know you're an IPA drinker, there's going to say IPAs here. If you know that you're kind of a malt forward or a dark beer guy, there's going to be a section for you there. Maybe you like sours or maybe you like loggers. It's going to be up there, but you're going to define. your first, you're going to pick what type you want, and then you're going to have maybe four or six different choices. It makes it easy. It makes it simple. You pick your choice. You go back out and you enjoy the sun, and that's that. Now compare that to the kids squawking in the restaurant. Now you were able to define what you were looking for and you picked out a perfectly good solution. You're not hunting for perfect, but you just accomplished best possible. Life is great and you're moving on. So once again, that's my hope with Retirement Well Crafted is to help distill this information down to actionable steps so that you get beyond being paralyzed and you actually can start moving and accomplishing what you need to accomplish To set up the retirement that you deserve. Now on to topic number two. What can you expect from the next few episodes? Well this is going to be actually a series and we're going to start today as I mentioned with the four major challenges to a successful retirement. Now keep in mind that a 20 or a 30 minute podcast there's no time to dig into depth on everything. So I'll try to pick and choose where we go deeper and where we may go a little bit shallow. The other thing to keep in mind is regardless of your means, you'll share these challenges. You could be a multimillionaire or you could be retiring with several hundred thousand dollars. And these four challenges will still be very front and center for you. The next episode is going to help us look at strategies available to help address these four challenges. The challenge, the the risk we run is if we address three of those four challenges, the number four challenge knocks us out of the park. So what we hope to do is build a strategy that addresses all four challenges, and if we can do that, I really like our choices. And in the third episode of this series, we'll discuss how we go about making sure that those strategies fit your personality. What happens too often is people walk in, it's kind of like Goldilocks, they walk in, they get a strategy that either is maybe too complex for them to understand, and if they don't understand it, they don't have confidence in it. Or it may be oversimplified for them. It may not accomplish what they're looking for. Their estate or their needs may be a little bit more complicated. But somewhere in between is reality. That's where you find the perfect bowl of porridge, the perfect bed, whatever you may have. So that is just as important a step as recognizing the first two steps in this process. Okay, so now let's dig into the meat of the matter. and We'll start talking about the four major risks to a successful retirement. As mentioned. These are going to apply to you no matter where you are on the the means scale. So pay attention. And by the way, if you have questions going through this whole process or observations, coaching for me, and like I've mentioned before, this is certainly new territory for me and I'm not going to hit it out of the park right off the bat. So any kind of coaching you send my way will be appreciated. But send questions and comments and observations to Dave at retirementwellcrafted.com. Once again, that's Dave at retirementwellcrafted.com. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the four major risks to a successful retirement. Now, I know there's millions of risks out there, thousands of risks that are out there, but I think they all percolate up to these four main risks. And like I say, if we can address these risks, then I really start liking our chances of being successful in retirement. I guess one more caveat before I jump into these risks is what is a successful retirement? Well, it's not simply not running out of money. If we do it right, we build a retirement full of the most joy and utility that you can get for your given situation. In my practice, we're always talking about how, imp- how doing perfect is our goal, but rarely will we ever hit it. So what we're really trying to do is best possible. And that's really what we're trying to find for our outcome here. So a successful retirement, yes, absolutely, you're not going to run out of money. But on top of that, we want you to maximize your joy and maximize your utility in retirement. All right, the number one risk, longevity risk. Statistics have proven that retirees are most worried about longevity risk, yet we are horrible at anticipating how long we'll live. Simply put, longevity risk is the risk of outliving your money whether you're 75 or 95 or 105 when you pass you don't want to become a burden on the family and you don't want to be destitute now a 65 year old today a man is going to live to be about 84 years old 84.3 specifically and for the women out there it's 86.6 years old now what's funny is every year we're excuse me every year we put behind us We have extra years ahead of us. So if you happen to be relatively healthy, if you happen to have been blessed with decent health plans throughout most of your adult life, guess what? Your life expectancy is going to be longer. That 64, excuse me, 84.3 for men is the average. So half folks, half the men die before that and half die after that. Which side are you going to be on? Well, we don't know. So we need to plan for longevity risk. Now, I have had clients come in and say, Dave, nobody's made it past 78 in my family, so I think I'm good. Well, I, I don't think that's a great plan. That's a plan where you have to lose in order to win, and I don't think anybody should be saddled with a plan like that. Now, earlier I mentioned how many, many risks roll up underneath these four, and when I'm talking about longevity risk, there's a few that I might be worth pointing out. One of them is health expense risk. Now, we know that cost of living goes up every year. We're very aware of that right now. But your health insurance and your health care costs tend to go up two to three times what your traditional inflation goes up. So you need to plan for that. And as you get older, you're going to get become more expensive. Matter of fact, there was a study done not too long ago, and this makes sense. They call it the retirement spending smile. And basically, it says that in our early years of retirement, we spend more money Then it slows down in the middle phase of retirement, and then as we grow older, that smile starts coming back up again. We start spending more towards the end of our life cycle. Included in these kind of expenses will be things like long-term care. Whether we have insurance for long-term care or not, that expense is likely going to trigger the, the, the right side of the smile, if you will. We already talked about health inflation risk, but one of the other sneaky risks that roll up here is frailty risk. And I'm not talking about just not being able to open a peanut butter jar. This is more about mental frailty. And if you have a very complex retirement plan in place, and you're the only one that knows how it works, well, guess what goes away when your cognitive reasoning goes away? The plan and the ability to stick to the plan. We'll talk about this down the road, but a couple of things you can do there is to bring in a professional that the family knows, the family has met, the family has worked with, that can continue on your good work, or simplify the plan and make it very easy for whoever remains to stick to the plan. The final risk that rolls up, and I shouldn't say final, there's, there's still dozens more, but another big one is elder abuse risk. So as we get older, unfortunately we become victims and it's easier for folks to take advantage of us. It's a terrible statistic, but the most abuse by elder, for elder abuse comes from family. So we have to make sure that the plan is written in such a way that it's a little bit bulletproof. We can't let it be easy for somebody to crack in and maybe access some of those funds that we're looking to use to supp- supplement our income later in life. Now the next risk that we'll discuss is called sequence of returns risk, or sometimes you'll hear it just simply called sequential risk. This one's been a hot topic lately because of the markets that we saw in the last couple of years, but sequential risk is simply the risk of having bad timing. If you have a bad market either right before or right after you retire, it can devastate your plan. Now, to properly explain this, we've got to go back a little bit and let's just make a couple of assumptions. Let's assume that you have a million dollars and you're planning to spend $40,000 to supplement your income to maintain your quality of life. Well, that's great if you retire with a million dollars, but what if you retire a year after we, like one we just had, and now your million dollars is $750,000. Now you've got some tough choices to make. So let's just do a little bit of math. If your portfolio is down to $750,000, you are off about 25%. Now your $40,000 actually represents 5.3% of your portfolio versus 4% of your portfolio. So what do you do? Do you cannibalize your portfolio at a higher rate than you had anticipated? Or do you live on $10,000 less in that year? Well, neither one is ideal, so we need to make a plan that helps us hedge against sequence of return risk. A sub-risk involved in sequential sequential risk would be excessive withdrawal risk. And that's basically what we just described. What if you take too much money out of the portfolio for what's going to come around the corner? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or 10 years from now. So we have to build a portfolio that lets us survive just about any occasion. This one is tragic to me because it's sneaky bad. Even if you don't have bad markets... A lot of folks go into retirement with a plan where they just don't feel comfortable spending any money, and they run out of time. We don't get today back, folks. So when you retire, you should retire and enjoy your life and live it while you physically and mentally can. And if you're worried about sequential risk, then maybe you're not going to spend that dollar. Maybe you're not going to go on that trip. Maybe you're not going to visit the grandkids. So it's very important that we take care of sequential risk, and we can. The next risk is big, and it's relatively simple to understand, especially given our current atmosphere. That's inflation risk. Now, it's nothing new, and it's been very, very high profile here recently. But even when these rates normalize to, say, a 3 or 4% rate, what that really means is our purchasing power is going to drop by that just about every year unless we find a way to keep up with inflation. So what happens if we don't? Well, every 10 years, we're going to lose a third of our purchasing power. And that, remember the the retirement spend smile, that can be very, very critical as we start getting into the later phases of retirement. Now, the final risk we'll discuss is one of my personal favorites, is behavioral risk. Now, we all fall victim to this. This is simply the fact that we as humans don't always make the best decision. Surprise, surprise, right? Well, if you're one of the folks that don't believe they make bad decisions, just ask your spouse. And I'm sure they'll point out a few right away. Well, what happens here is most of the time people think that a behavioral mistake is buying when we should have sold. In other words, we lay out the portfolio. We promise ourselves that we are good with volatility. Then the market tanks and we sell. And now we have to decide when to get back in. Well, that can be very, very costly financially. But almost as important, if not more important, is our personal behaviors. In other words, how we live our lives. Now, these aren't my words. It's pretty widely accepted, and I forget who coined them, but there's three phases in retirement. There's go-go years, and there are slow-go years, and no-go years. And and you may even include uh-oh years at the very end. But basically what that means is when most folks retire, they're in the go-go phase. We're still young enough to travel We're still young enough to play golf or surf or fish or whatever may be our passion. The point is we need to do that while we can do that. Then we move into a period of slow-go years. Now we're still uh, able to get out and about, but we just don't do things as frequently. We don't uh, do as many trips, those kind of things. Our life slows down. And then in the no-go years, we simply can't do it. We're either mentally or physically incapable of enjoying we did back in the go-go and the slow-go years. Now, nobody likes to hear that, but I think it's very important to point it out because we don't get today back. So if you have a plan in place and you're lacking the confidence in it, one of your biggest behavioral risks is not living your life during the go-go years. Now, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying go out and spend all your money in the go-go years and forget about the rest of it. But when you're building this plan, and once again, regardless of your means, when you're building this plan, you need to plan for your go-go years early on in retirement. Otherwise, you're leaving a lot of life on the table. So what's the upside of leaving life on the table? Well, you're going to die with more money. What's the point? I'll add one kind of sneaky sub-risk to this as well. And it's only because I've seen it a number of times is we have to understand not only our own personal behavior, but the behavior of the spouse. The vast majority of the time, it's the wife that gets left alone because it's our job as guys to go first. Well, if your wife isn't wired to maintain the plan you have in place, or it doesn't fit her personality, then you're not leaving her in the best situation when you go. So it's critically important that you're on the same page when you come up with this plan. And two episodes away from this, this will be part of our discussion when we start trying to find the right plan for your unique situation. All right, so we're coming to the end of episode one. It's I'm trying to keep it around 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and I really do appreciate, once again, your patience with me as I navigate this new venture. Please send any kind of questions that you have my way at dave at retirementwellcrafted.com. That's dave at retirementwellcrafted.com. Join me next time as we go through the three or four different styles or different strategies to address the four risks that we outlined today. And then, like I say, in the following episode after that, we'll go into what makes a good fit for you. Until then, I'm Dave Sprague. This is Retirement Well Crafted, and I wish you all the best.
0: Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle. This material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Always consult with the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decisions. Any indexes mentioned are unmanaged statistical composites and cannot be invested into directly. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. ONTAP Credit Union and Investment and Retirement Center located at ONTAP Credit Union are not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. Registered representatives of LPL offer products and services using Investment and Retirement Center located at ONTAP Credit Union and may also be employees of ONTAP Credit Union. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of ONTAP Credit Union or Investment and Retirement Center located at ONTAP Credit Union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by NCUA or any other government agency, not credit union guaranteed, not credit union deposits or obligations, may lose value.